<laughs> okay, welcome. Welcome to Woo for Thought. Welcome to Woo for Thought. Tell us what Woo for Thought is. Woo for Thought are, are, well, your essays for lecturians. And what is a lecturian? A lecturian is what we are. That's you and me, all of us, you know, who read. We can't walk by a bookstore without getting drawn into the gravity well of all of those beautiful shelves full of thoughts and ideas and concepts and journeys and trips and etc. Yes. Yeah. So I like to write long essays. I love to read long essays. And we decided to do a podcast around these essays. And that's what you're listening to. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know, you can go to inelia.substack.com and read them. Yes, read the essays. Because obviously you're listening right now. Mm -hmm. And if that's too hard to remember, just type Inelia Ben's Substack. It'll take you there. You will. Yep. All right. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and, and share, share it. it with your fellow lecturians. Indeed. And this is our first episode, not that first, our, this is our fourth, fourth episode. episode of Woofer Thought. Mm. And today we're going to talk about spaceships scratching the edges of the fog. <laughs> Could okay. I like to go about scratching the edges of the fog? <laughs> yes, yes. Many so topics. our format, right? You're going to read. Mm -hmm. And when you get to a spot I just can't resist anymore, I'm going to like, tell me more. Tell me more. And if you want to um, read along, you know, go to the Substack. Yep. Pick All up right. the essay and read with us. Here goes. At the Olympic Peninsula, we have a community of friends and students who live between 15 minutes to five hours from each other. To connect and to spend time together, we decided some years back to organize a Sunday lunch or dinner every week. Occasionally, we also have guests to the community who travel from further afield and even from abroad to hang out during our meals together. During one of those Sundays, some time ago, I think over a year, over two years by the time we're recording this podcast. Might be. Yeah. Several of the individuals at the table discovered that they had woken up that day with their hairs brushed, their hair brushed to the wrong uh, direction. Direction, the wrong way. Or their PJs in very odd positions. Or objects in their home placed in a very different state or place. Now, when something like this happens to one person, it's just funny. But when someone mentions it at Sunday dinner, and half the people there say they too woke up that day with the same issue, and the issues were something they had never or rarely experienced before, then it is something to take notice of. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I gotta say something. Go ahead. Normally, you wake up and your hair is a hair. It's a mess. Yes. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, honey, but my hair is like every which way. Yes. The only time ever in my life that I woke up, my hair wasn't totally a mess was when I was in boot camp. Uh -huh. My hair was a bit this long. Which is it, like half an inch? No. A centimeter? That's like a quarter of an inch. A quarter of an inch? Basically, okay. they cut it all off. Mm -hmm. So your hair is perfect every morning. Terrible, but <laughs> very, very short. Very short. Yeah. But perfect. Yeah. And uh, every other morning of the uh, rest of my life, it's all messed up and it's sticking up every which way. Sort of like right mm -hmm. now, it's a bit mm -hmm. sticky up all over. Mm -hmm. I went with the uh, sticky up all over in, I guess, uh, <laughs> knowing our essay today we're going to talk about. It's like, here's how your hair normally wakes up. Okay. So if you're looking at this in the this is morning format, hair. then it's morning hair. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So 
um, after, you know, a little brushing, a little, you know, you get your hair just right and you go out in public and your hair is like stuck in a place that's supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this morning I woke up and my hair was exactly like it's supposed to be, but backwards. Uh, how do you mean backwards? I mean, my hair always goes this way. To the left? I don't know. I can't tell because rights and lefts are backwards on screens. Okay. This way. Yeah. And this morning, it was this way, backwards. Not today, but the morning that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, the morning I'm talking about a year ago okay. or two or whatever. Yeah. It was that way and right. perfect. Yeah. It was like brushed. I woke up, went to the bathroom, fixed my hair. Brushed it. Brushed it, oiled it, whatever it needed that day. Made it smell nice. Yes. Me. And, um, facing the wrong way. It's facing the wrong yeah, way. I looked in the mirror and I went, to, that. I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror like, what happened? My hair's already done right and then I looked closer. I was like, wait, wait, it's backwards because in the mirror it was forward. It wasn't, but it was, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. You know, everything's weird in the mirror and especially in the morning when we first wake up. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely brushed the, the other way. definitely brushed the wrong way. It was brushed. <laughs> was like first, of all, at it, first of all, it was brushed. <laughs> it was brushed. Second of all, the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, I tried to touch it, fix it with my, I was like, well, how did it get so perfect? And then I tried to, you know, put it back the, put right it way. the way it's. I would try to brush it as it was, yeah. but my hands trained to go the wrong way, other way. Yeah. So I was like, what's, what's going on here? Something's weird. Yeah. So that's, it's like, never mind. Yeah. You, you experience it and you never forget it. That's why it was big enough that I said, hey, honey, you'll yes. never believe what's going on. Yes. My hair is perfect, but wrong. Yeah. And I remember yeah. you say, what do you mean perfect, but wrong? <laughs> How could your hair be perfect and wrong? Yeah. It was pretty significant, right? Yeah, I didn't connect it to anything except for a sure odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's odd. Yeah, so when that happens to one person, fair enough. But yeah. when it happens to a lot of people on the same night, then that's information, it's data. So we took notice of this information and looked a little closer to what might have happened that night. What we saw was very interesting. Basically, the agreed perception was that there were several members of the group who were visiting an alien spaceship on a regular basis. <laughs> That's because a big jump. Isn't That's a it? big jump from wrong hair and pajamas <laughs> yes. messed up. Yes. See, we were at our Sunday dinner. Yes. And I had uh, made you know because it was so weird. I woke up with weird <laughs> hair. I was like, "You guys won't believe what happened this morning." And when I told them. Like half the people there. Yeah, my hair was backwards and perfect, and like my. Pajamas were on upside down. Yes. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that? Those kind of things, The arms right? were through the legs and the, whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like, it's I can't like, remember what it was, but it I was very like... I detail, but it was like, that never happens. Yeah. So it was like a, a new number of us. And that's why we paid or did this look. And it wasn't us that looked. We did this look that, gosh, that's weird. She took a peek <laughs> yeah. under, the, under the veil, I guess. What's yeah. going on here, you guys? Yeah. And you saw that, right? Yeah. That was a big surprise. I used the word alien spaceship in the popular lexicon. What it means was that the individuals were going somewhere off planet or off reality with advanced technology and greeted by non-human looking individuals. That's, that needs almost a little bit of unpacking those words. Yes, because this is what I expressed, but yes. everybody says, oh my God, we're in a spaceship, right? So, yeah. Right. It's how we perceive our real. Mm-hmm. So the words we're going to use for the purposes of, you know, explaining it is we're in a spaceship. Mm-hmm. But the words you just used, I think it's worth hearing them again I'm so sure. you get it, right? Yeah. Hear it again. What it means was that the individuals were going somewhere off planet 
And that's in quotation marks because it's just expressing what we understand as a planet with advanced technology and greeted by non-human looking individuals. That's significantly different than we're in a spaceship. We're in a spaceship, but we experienced it as a spaceship. Good enough. You did, yes. I'm putting a lot of words I'm using in this article in quotation marks because we recently did a class called Ultra-Dimensional Intelligence, a deep dive into the truth behind ETs, UFOs, and the nature of aliens. Where Larry and I discuss the nature of these types of beings and experiences in depth. But for the sake of universality of this essay, I will use the common lexicon of aliens and spaceships. Thank you. Okay. Otherwise, it gets a bit tedious. It does, yeah. I have to explain what a planet is every time. I don't think so. When I did a quick scan of the individuals involved, I saw them in that environment. An environment that was technologically different mm-hmm. to what we used to, right? With beings who were not human. I also saw them dressed in their nightclothes and one person wearing a robe. I also saw other people there, people I don't personally know, as well as a person I know by name only. The conversation became very animated that Sunday, as the people started looking and bringing in bits of memory or conclusions to the conversation. Because sometimes, you know, you just have to mention something and go, oh, wait, 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 yeah. And I remember this and I, I remember I'm, that. And I'm I, getting yeah, things yeah, now. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After a few hours, it was suggested that they way we may do a regression therapy session to see if they could bring their entire memory to the back for, uh, to the, of the event back to their conscious awareness. It just happens that one of the members of our community is a qualified regression therapist. And Larry decided to be the first to have a session. Because I wanted to know. Yes. Having my hair messed with, that's like, I gotta <laughs> find out. Who the hell is touching my, my hair? my hair? Who's my hair? Yes. Well, I remember what the conversation actually started with, like, uh, mm. when everybody started saying it happened to them. I actually said, well, it appears that you're all decided to bring this to our conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. And these were that. ways of all of you to do things that you wouldn't normally. So that when you become a conscious and aware in the morning, then it happens. You know, it can't be ignored. Right. Right. Anyways. Okay. Um, Give it down. To okay. Four. The third. Yeah, for the therapist, this was a new experience because not only does he know Larry very well, they're good friends, but also they were going back to an incident where the therapist was also present. He was one of the people with his hair brushed the wrong way, and he's really into his hair. I mean, his hair is, you know, very, his very hair well. has literally been the same as he expressed it since high school. He yes. hasn't changed not one bit of it. Right. That's how he likes it, and he likes it that way forever. Yes. And it was backwards, too. Yes. So for him, it was like a big thing, too. <laughs> Now, I want to discuss these types of decisions to go back and remember everything, because it is relevant not just to those who had the experiences, but also for the rest of us who get to hear about them secondhand. The decision itself is worth exploring, because the mind wipe that experiences people who go up in spaceships go through is not a passive thing. It is not something that is done to them, but it is something that they do to themselves, or at least with their own request. Do you see the contradiction of decisions here? On the one hand, the person went out of their way to delete the experience from their consciousness 
conscious awareness, and on the other, they left clues for themselves to remember what happened once they were back home. Or did they? Well, it seems like we did, because the clues were experienced by us. But that doesn't mean that our necessarily drawn conclusion is that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's um, dive into it a little bit more, okay? Maybe it was the other beings who messed with their hair, objects, and pages, so that the experiences would start the journey of remembering what happened. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. It's time for you to shake it off. (laughs) Or maybe it was just someone else who did it to bring awareness to their experience and wanting the experiencers to start their journey to decide to remember everything. To help maybe connect each other more. Yeah, it's like, okay, everybody. On our way back. Before we go back, hold on just a second. Let me fix your hair. (laughs) Yeah. If we wanted to remember, why didn't they just skip the whole midwife, mind wipe thing? One of the community members asked. Yeah, I thought that same thing. It's like, hey. Why it's ridiculous. Just don't do the wipe your mind memory thing. Yeah. Why do all the memory wipey? When I looked at this question, the answer was astonishing to me. The reason why they had not simply remembered what happened was that indeed... Being the ones to mess up their hair, clothes and objects was because having full recall of the events would ruin their daily lives back to this experience on Earth. Meaning alter my entire experience of reality that I am in right now. All of certain things that are, you know, important to me now, that would be dropped. Yeah. The only thing that would become important, probably this overwhelming life altering, reality altering experience that way more important important than everything else so mm-hmm. i think we'd just take up a stand at the ufo conference start doing the speeches Writing introduce books. the world to the Dumping aliens on the books. planet as i perceive them and this is the truth the real truth and all truth and nothing but the truth now you guys gotta listen but having a partial or dreamy memory gave them enough awareness to bring back in order to improve their lives here but not enough to ruin the whole game right i mean some of my friends no, I'm a little bit strange, but I think of that as that's fine. Yeah. They don't, they don't like grab me by both arms and take me to the loony bin. They just no. think, yeah, he thinks weird stuff. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have an altered things too strongly. Right. Why are we going up there on a regular basis anyway? Another person asked. To scratch the edges of the fog, Larry answered. Yeah. Because, you know, immersion in this reel, this co-created reel, has so many invitations to so many different, um, I guess, reels. Mm-hmm. Um, staying focused, well, in it, it just helps. Yeah. So, also, it's like for you to be able to have the daily importances and job and work, even... This podcast, everything, for you to be able to do all that, you need to be immersed in the experience of Earth and the light part, dark paradigm, and the split. Yeah, it has to have meaning and purpose. And immerse, immersion. And immersion in the process. Exactly, yeah. But, and to do that, you need to have a fog around who you really are, what you really are, and your full awareness of self. But otherwise, you'd be playing a role instead of being a role. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when I say being a role, it's like being the role of the experience that you're having and playing and pretending to be that. Those are way different things. Very different. Very different. Very yeah. different. So, and playing the role can become very tiring very quickly. So, you need a full immersion. Mm-hmm. And that's why you create a fog 
in this reality so you don't see the larger reality of the universe. But this is what it felt was like. It's, about, it's time to start scratching at the edges of that fog, right? Right. Okay, let's continue. Larry had his regression, regression therapy session. What he saw were a type of insectoid species with almost luminescent penetrating eyes. He saw himself as, and some of the other community members and other people talking, walking, sleeping and hanging about. But the most important thing he remembered was that with full clarity of awareness, an awareness that was expanded, light-filled and refreshing, nurturing even. After a few hours, he and the others went back home. He also brought back memories of encounters with these beings, not only in this lifetime, but from previous lifetimes too. And I'm going to quote you now, honey. Very well. Okay. It seems that we go up to that ship to get out of the fog we exist in while living in the light-dark paradigm on Earth. And when we come back, we have renewed energy, awareness and capacity to not only scratch the edges of the fog here, but help others do so too. We're able to make clearer decisions based on our out of the fog. We can see clearly now time. We, st we still re-enter the fog, but there's a lingering feeling of heightened awareness of what and why and how a light, reali re light reality really feels like. And I'd say a heightened dissonance meter of dark fear savior choices, he said. Indeed, it feels like it. Because I know about the rest of you, but... There are some things that come and I see it and I go like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's totally absurd and absolutely not true. Mm. But uh, I guess only five, ten years ago, maybe let's say ten or f I'll just say ten. Okay. Some ten years-ish ago-ish, if I looked at that thing, I'd be like, oh, what? oh we need to worry about that. Oh, yeah. That's That looks real. Yeah. Right. But it is, I could see it's not it's real. It's in all the news channels. It's everywhere. Yeah, it must be real. I can see, oh, that's not real. And that feels like my time in out of the fog. Yeah. It brings some clarity of seeing, you know. Yeah. You can see more when you're getting manipulated. Right. But also, I found that when you guys go up there and you come back, you're more nourished. You're more centered, more grounded. More connected with more connected. our reason for being together and as, as a group together. But also on Earth. That's what I mean, on yeah, Earth. Yeah, because there's a lot of different groups. Well, we can go that into that some other time but it's a lot of groups that do it it's all over the world right yeah okay others went under regression therapy sessions too and the results were very similar some had already heard the recording and conversations about Larry's regression and others had not right that was interesting part of that because uh, just a FYI side note having listened to my experience the other people that then got a regression had trouble they because thinking, they kept consciously thinking they're just copying what I had to say. Yes. And they couldn't access what they were remembering right. as easily. Mm -hmm. So if you ever have a situation where you want to do um, regression, it's easier to go cold without having heard anybody else's experience. Yes. And when you, you, can, you can have your shared experience. And we also have to add here that the therapist who did it, yeah. he's not going to be seeding information. He's really good at not seeding information into the person. So it's completely clear, clean, and doesn't kind he of follows lead. his protocol. Yeah, he follows a really very good protocol. So he doesn't lead people into a shared experience through giving them information. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The, the what he heard from us wasn't something he heard from other people. 
Yeah. So it's like. And the results, even the people who heard it, did not seem to affect the previous knowledge of what they were experiencing. Right. Like even with all the resistances on my copy and Larry, they still had the same results. They still and the people, saw the same thing. They just had, yeah. they had more trouble um, being comfortable saying it and right. not claiming it as their experience. Right. Right? Right. Well, the people who didn't, they just went. They um, just went right through it. Yeah. I checked to see who may be like, quote, right. Unquote. But when I looked through their memories, it appeared that none of them were. It appeared that the appearance of the beings was interpreted by each person by their own cultural upbringing and, and perceptions. They asked me to visit with them the next time. Oh, well, sorry, sorry, I missed that paragraph here. It's like, hey, that doesn't make hey, sense. Yeah. So the previous paragraph says, One of the interesting divergences in the memories was the appearance of the beings who were being visited with. For Larry and one other person, they were insectoid-looking beings. But for the others, the beings looked very different. So every person saw beings with similar experiences and the environment was very similar, but the beings looked really different to each other. So I checked, right, to see, oh, who's seeing the right ones, right? I am. <laughs> it appeared that the appearance of the beings was interpreted by each person by their own cultural upbringing and perceptions. They asked me to visit with them the next time they went up to check to see what the beings really looked like. What do you really, really look like? I yes. want to know. And it took a few months before the next event ever happened. Yeah. The day before the trip to the spaceship was interesting, as I could see there was an odd energy among the community members, almost like nervous or excited energy. Everything from shop tempers to excitement about things that were energizing to them. One of the decisions I made, which at the time made me giggle, was to wear a, piece, a nice set of PJs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming, but I didn't say anything, remember? I remember. I didn't want to ruin anything, so I just didn't say anything. But I chose some really nice PJs that night. I woke up on the ship. I could see that Larry and some of the community members were already there, asleep on what may be described as raised, narrow beds. The beings were beautiful, light-energy humanoid creatures. They were happy I was there, and they showed me around many rooms and large halls. I tried to pinpoint our location. Were we in space? Was it a ship? The answers were yes and no to these questions. I had to define what I meant by space and what I meant by ship in order to get more accurate data on where we were. After I did that, the answers were that we were in an artificially created structure. We can call it a ship or a building, designed to be environmentally friendly and familiar to people from our perception of Earth life. The location, we could call it space, we could call it another planet, moon or inner Earth, was outside of our perception of Earth life, but within the constructs of physical reality. Yes, yes. do you want to unpack that a little bit, honey? That's perfect. I mean, I think that is as ac I mean, that's like precision in language. I mean... I like it. It helps. Okay. As to the nature of the beings, my initial perception was that they were being interpreted by each person according to their inner concept of what an intelligent bipedal being that is extremely different to themselves might look like. Was correct. Right. And mine is definitely Mantis. Mm -hmm. Because uh, when I was in uh, Hawaii the very first time, Mantis crawled on my arm, walked up to me. And then his head went like this. He looked at you? He looked at me. Uh -huh. Like, whoa. 
oh, that thing must have some smarts in there or something, because it, it felt connecting. Yeah. You know, it felt like it was connecting, at you, not, talking, and it's totally not, not you human. Were a tree or anything. No, it knew I was a person, and yeah. it knew I was what I was, and it, it just felt mm -hmm. like it knew stuff. I think people that also experience that with looking in the eyes of dolphins and whales and whatnot. Sometimes, yeah. Or monkeys, I guess. <laughs> and or dogs. Yeah. Right. Goats. Goats. Yeah. It was also fascinating to me that they, the beings, perceived me very differently to what I looked like to myself or other people. That's the question I was wondering. Do you have any remembrance of how they described you? I could see this because they indeed communicated in an experiential telepathic way. So, yes, I could see what they saw. Therefore, I could see and feel what they saw and felt. <laughs> do you remember enough to describe it to the rest of us? Or do we have to uh, well, experiential telepathetic um, do it? <laughs> well... Yeah, it's really hard to describe because yeah, I thought it might be. They saw like a multiple variation of colors and kind of wavy things. Oh, cool! That was bipedal in nature. A wavy, colorful thing that had two legs. <laughs> yes, and arms and, <laughs> and, arms head. and head. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You could just make it. Nah, I have never seen you that way. No, but I can now. I like it. <laughs> Back to the community members. Okay. Asked to be shown what the community members were doing, with their permission, of course. Somewhere now awake, I found one to be in a large classroom. He was wearing a white robe, something that many people in different rooms of the spaceship were wearing. The beings explained that many people arrived naked as they slept with no clothes on. And when they arrived on the spaceship, they were given robes to wear as a culturally it made them feel better. But there was also other people who didn't care. They were walking around completely naked. Yeah. Yes. This particular community member was taking a class on what looked like the nature of physics and translating that into engineering projects. Hmm. That was fascinating. They took me to a different room. It was so different, I thought perhaps we would move planets. This room was had a watery feel to it. It had a pond in the middle and seaweed-looking plants all around. One of the community members was sitting on the edge of the pool with others, and they were talking very quietly and dipping their fingers into the pool every now and then. I could not grasp the topic or the reason for the actions. I can imagine that like the holodeck on the Star Trek ship. Oh, uh, yeah. They yeah. go in and immerse themselves yeah. in a different reality. That's a, that's yeah. kind of interesting. I found Larry with a friend who did the regressions in a very human-looking living room. Sofas, bookshelves, chairs and tables demarcated smaller areas around the room. They were standing near one of the corners looking at a man who was in a fetal position on the ground. Every now and then the man would growl and swear, make threats, then go back to sleep. And kick us. Oh, yeah, he did. Well, not that time, but a different time. Yeah. He did. He got up and be tried to beat you up. <laughs> I walked up to them, looked at the man and recognized him as a well-known podcaster. Wow, he's very grumpy, I said. <laughs> He said, grumpy old bastard. He won't <laughs> let us convince him that we're among friends. He's paranoid and thinks that keeps him safe. But really, it's just uncomfortable. It's kind of why we design methods to ease us into being here with the body response and shock and surprise taken into account. We allow ourselves of here now, beginning at pinhole size to start and then slowly and with supervision of a trained here now coach, expand our awareness of here now to full awareness. But this fellow is well, very well, very independent, and he's programmed himself with psychedelics to see 
to the degree it overwrites our slow and easy progress. Maybe with time. We have infinite patience, Larry said. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Do you I know mean... what you said, honey? Can you explain it to people? <laughs> Basically, you know, we're trying a multiples of ways to ease it in so that we can interact at a not um, grumpy old man level. Uh-huh. But, um... The ways that we try don't work. Yeah. So even with all of the uh, things and ways that work with most of everybody else, for the most part, mm-hmm. it's not working with him specifically because his very strong person mentally, you know, mm-hmm. and very rigid, even though he's broad minded, he's also got some strong walls, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's okay because... There's a perspective of information that comes from that, mm-hmm. that um, if you if you allow it, the understanding of those walls there, you can access data from the scratch in the fog way. But you have to watch the interpretation of what he'll say it, it means isn't what it means. Almost mm. literally, you know, that's that's not what it is. Mm. The, the words are true. The interpretation is not. Right. right, that happens a lot. Yeah, so it's okay the not part, even though it doesn't, it's like, watch out for this because it's that. It's like, well, yes, you should watch out for this, but not because it's that, but right. you should watch out for this. So yeah. that's what I mean about it has accuracy and validity. So if we just just let it ride, you know, mm-hmm. and try not to get kicked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go knocking on his door. Yes. We'll just say it that way. Yes. I'm not going to go knocking on the door. No, we're going to tell him who he is and just what leave happened. it be. Just let it, let be. it lie. Yes. When he wants ready for a shift, that he will. The orchestration will He will find will us. He about. will. Yeah. Okay. Everything. And you're right. It's him for sure. He added. You added, Larry, hmm. referring to the conversation we had had while awake about who the grumpy fellow they had seen in their group on the previous visit was. A few of the group members were still asleep on their beds. When I asked the beings why they were not up, they told me that people often arrived on the ship simply to regain their energy, rest away from the fog and heal, which I think that grumpy old guy is mostly what he does too. Yep. And we just bugged him. Mm -hmm. The beings then took me to dozens of other rooms, ships that had... Room ships, you know, like, I don't know what they are, actually. Ship rooms. Ship rooms, room ships, rooms or ships, rooms or in buildings. The ship. No, 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 no. Rooms or ships. Mm-hmm. Rooms or buildings. I don't know. Okay. Okay. They had many other groups. They explained that people, when they're in pods, they share either a geographical location and our perception of Earth or shared an ideology, a family lineage or other factors. Oh, I Sometimes... See. They would mix in the common areas, such as the very large and populated class where one of our members was learning about physics and engineering. Soon it was time to go home and I woke up on my bed. I looked over at Larry and saw how his breathing went from hardly perceivable to very strong and loud. I wondered if our physical bodies had made the trip. I got a yes, but to this day I don't know if our full expression of our physical bodies travelled there or a more subtle expression of our physical bodies went only... Maybe our astral bodies, maybe. Or maybe our the multidimensional nature of our physical bodies, a, a spectrum of it. Maybe, yeah. Some of the other insights came back with uh, were that there are many different species of beings having interactive experiences with people on our perception of Earth. 
Some individuals have visits with many different species for different reasons, and some people on Earth don't visit with anyone. I watched the community members interact that day, and sure enough, the topic was brought up, and some had perceived that they had visited the supercane that night. I had not mentioned anything to Larry or anyone else. The conversations then expanded further and brought in clarity and information on life, the world, and everything. Indeed... The edges of the fog had been well and truly scratched that night. Fantastic. And that's the end of that particular essay. Yes. Very much enjoyed. <laughs> so if this is uh if this is your cup of tea, you want a little bit more our um actual regression. My actual regression is our very first second hour episode of Driving to the Res podcast. That's right. How where can you where can you find Driving to the Res, honey. Driving to the Res are those essays or newsletters that you write on a weekly basis and we podcast about on a weekly basis for free. Driving to the Res. Mm -hmm. Just type Driving to the Res and you'll find the free first hour. And if you want to see the second hour, which is where we go in deep. And where that regression is, right? And where that regression is, then... uh, You'll need to go to Subscribestar or to Rockfin. Yes, because our sponsors get the second hour. Right. Well, we call them patrons of the light. Patrons of the light. Right. Yes. So if you're feeling patrony, (laughs) patronize our Subscribestar. Patronize (laughs) us. Not patronize us. Patronize us. (laughs) Very good. Okay. Love you, honey. Love you, darling.